0: And we are live on College Band Radio, all College Band, all the time. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Obviously, I'm your host, Alex. Jason, Hannah, and Craig are here to start this off. Everyone say hi. How y'all doing?
1: Hi. How y'all doing?
0: No, no, no. Not that. No. Jason. I guess this
2: is how we're starting.
0: Okay. How are you guys doing this week?
3: I am doing lovely on this fine (laughs) Sunday evening, just living the dream.
0: I'm living the truth, Jason. How you? How, how you doing? How you feeling? I, I sprained my wrist. Oh, God, what oh, the heck? No. <laughs> you didn't tell us about this earlier.
1: <laughs> it's not even like a brace. It's just the hand wraps that I use for boxing. So it's just wrapped.
0: Well, I hope <laughs> Hopefully that, that's I, okay. I, I, hope, I, I was going to say, I hope it's okay. Craig,
2: how's Kansas City? Uh, the Chiefs lost today. Uh, frankly, I'm a little <laughs> indifferent to them because I'm a Giants fan, but I mean... <laughs> that makes it so much worse (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: that's all good but yeah welcome back to our second episode we're going to talk all things college band greek life so band sororities and band fraternities things of that nature but first let's dive into some news kind of the first thing that we're planning on discussing is what's the deal in terms of uh stadium capacity college stadium capacity i guess some big news that's coming out so in the state of florida uh, Governor uh, Ron DeSantis allowed the Miami Dolphins to have a full capacity in their stadium. That's also the home stadium for the University of Miami Hurricanes, who play in the ACC. And after the Florida Texas A&M game, the Florida head coach, I think his name is Dan Mullins, he basically said that he wants the Florida stadium to be at full capacity for the next game, which I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that, but, like, I don't really think that's a good idea. (laughs) I
3: have a lot of thoughts, honestly. Like, I looking at COVID numbers around the country, especially as we've seen in recent weeks, like, examples even in the highest levels of government, what happens when you get lots of people crowded close together, even when you're outside. I know everybody wants fans, everybody wants that vibe, but, like, it's not worth it. It's not going to happen right now in a safe
2: way. And like I get, you know, oh, I want fans there. But also, like, the coaches and players aren't the ones that are actually at a higher risk having mm-hmm. them there. Because they're not interacting with the fans. They're not in the crowds. It's just, like, it's basically saying, like, I don't care about you. I just want your bodies in the stands. I just want it loud. Um, yeah, that's a really
3: good And point. honestly,
2: like, if I were a fan of Florida, I'd, I'd be a little insulted. Be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd. I want to be there. I want to be there to support my team, but on the other hand, you you literally just want me to be a body in the stands. That's a good point. Does that mean that? that. That's a
0: very good
1: point. Like the band is gonna be there. Like the whole band is gonna be made to be there. I think that
2: the band's
0: already there. I don't know if it's there in full or in reduced capacity, but I know that the band is there in some capacity. And they did have reduced capacity last game. I'm highly doubting that they're gonna go full, but. DeSantis is a very interesting character, so honestly he could okay that and let them go full, which for those that don't know, that's about 90,000 people.
3: That's just honestly like no insult meant to any of these people, or maybe a little insult, I don't know. That is the worst idea I have ever heard. That is a recipe for a hot mess express of disaster, and I (laughs) could not ever... that As a student on campus, like, even if you don't go to the game, like, say your roommate goes or, like, a bunch of other people on campus are going to go, I'd be pretty upset just because, like, even if I choose not to go to the game, like, I'm still being put at risk.
0: Yeah. So I guess on top of that, um, some colleges, not all colleges, but some colleges are having fans in the stands, and we have seen a lot of scenes of people not wearing masks at certain things. And I know one of them was the Red River Showdown, uh, the Texas Oklahoma game, which I know Hannah wants to talk a little bit about because it was a huge game, and uh, there might have been a golden hat involved. So, we, say. We, we, hat golden hat. <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know, the uh, the winner of that gets a golden hat, and. Uh, Yeah, Hannah won. Hannah also has a gold hat. Yeah, I
3: won the Red River Showdown this year. Um. (laughs) And
0: she's already and she's already tricked it out with the UNI logo,
2: so it was very very quick. Sorry, (laughs) Texas and Oklahoma, who?
3: (laughs) They could only hope that their gold hat could be as cool as mine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That
0: honestly, that's a true statement. But I was curious, so uh, from what you've seen, and then also we can talk about how I think it was two weeks ago the SMU student section got completely kicked out because they weren't observing social distancing or wearing masks. And there was a really, really good photo taken that has kind of circulated around the college sports world and or sports world in general with a bunch of students just like limbs flying all over the place just after a touchdown, just beverages being thrown in the air, no masks, no social distancing. So I wanted to get everyone's uh, opinions as to just what they've seen so far with with fans observing and or not observing the um, uh, the mask and or social distancing code
3: i was i mean i'm not surprised they got kicked out i knew some student section somewhere was just going to ignore guidelines but it's been interesting because i know iowa state had fans in jack trice for their last game and the game before that and i had friends who went like everybody was masked up everybody had to say stay, stay distance. so i think it's also, it comes down just to how different schools have handled it, which I think has been
2: interesting. Having college sports isn't a right. It's, and especially being able to go to them during a pandemic, mm-hmm. it's not a right. It's a privilege. And I think if you're not going to follow the regulations, you don't deserve the privilege. So, yeah, if you're, if you're going to go and you're supposed to be wearing a mask and staying apart and you're acting like the SMU students were, kind of makes sense to say, well, you don't get, you're you're done, get out, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I may, I may get some flack for that, for, for saying, you know, if you don't follow the rules, you don't get to enjoy the games, but.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I feel like it's to be expected, like, I wasn't expecting, like, the entire stadium to follow the rules, to be honest. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm not really shocked or anything, I'd honestly be more shocked if, like, the entire stadium was, like. Actually, had masks on the whole time and mm-hmm. actually practicing social distancing, so I'm, I wasn't really like that shocked.
2: To be yeah, honest. I mean, I mean, I wasn't really shocked. I mean, it was bound to happen. College kids, you know, were not exactly the the, the most responsible <laughs> all the time, but you know, sometimes you need to you need to use use your noodle a little bit more.
3: Yeah, yeah. I know that uh, one thing my band director says sometimes is play stupid games, win stupid pl- prizes. Yes. And in this case I'd say the student section played a stupid game and won a stupid prize that resulted in them getting kicked out of the game. That's
0: a good point. That's a good point. I really like that saying. Doctor Murray really like that saying <laughs> So, from that, I want to talk a little bit about college football. So, for those that didn't see last week, um, uh, we are going to talk about the Red River Showdown. uh, A great matchup that literally broke Gus Johnson, for those that were watching it. Like, he got to the point where after Oklahoma missed the last, um, uh, missed the kick in the the third OT to win the game, he just started saying random words. Like, he, he didn't even start, he was just like, he was like, college football, Fox Sports, Oklahoma, Red River, like he, he was absolutely broken because I don't.
2: It, you know, I'm sure everybody has had that friend who wanted to be a rapper, but like they got their buddy who, you know, doesn't know what they're doing to do like like the ad libs and like the fill ins, and so you're just you're just hearing that part. <laughs> CBS, Fox Sports, Oklahoma. It was just listening. I was like, what?
0: It's just like the background noises on a Travis Scott song, but like sports related.
2: Yeah. That's that's exactly what I was thinking about.
0: Uh, Speaking more, I guess the game of the week, if we want to call it that, was the Texas-Oklahoma game. Uh, Anyone, if you guys watched the game, what were your thoughts about it? I know Hannah's got the hat on.
1: So I will just say like watching that kicker miss that. I think it was the third overtime. Yeah. The Oklahoma kicker missed the field goal. I mean, it ended up being okay because they ended up winning. But, like, yeah. that's just got to be so sucky as a kicker to miss, like, the, that one. And it wasn't even – I don't think it was that even bad of a field goal either. I no, think it was, was like, like,
4: a
0: 30-something. I think yeah. it was, like, a 39 yard. I mean, like, there, I
1: probably couldn't me. kick it. But, like, mm. holy cow, like, that's got to suck so bad. Yeah. Props to his teammates for keeping him up, though.
2: You have to also think about the toll that takes on the athletes. They're They're expecting to play four quarters of a game one overtime all right you know what they're hyped the adrenaline's kicking in but i'm sure by overtime number 3 overtime number 4 you're getting you're just tired like i i feel like if i were that kicker i'd be like yeah of course i'm going to start missing kicks if i if you're kicking that many field goals like if you're if you're just working for that long you're going to get tired you're going to get exhausted and you're going to slip up you're going to make a mistake so like yeah like I don't give him any any shade for missing that kick. I mean, yeah, mean, true. If he had made it, maybe they wouldn't have had to go into a fourth overtime, but... <laughs> do be like that sometimes.
0: I do, uh, do want to say Annabelle's Mizzou Tigers upset LSU, the defending national champions. LSU basically had a shot to win it at, like, the one-yard line with, like, four downs to do it, and they didn't convert on any of it, which is, I mean...
2: But I mean, huge shout out to the Mizzou defense. I mean, honestly, on that, on that last, on that fourth down pass, just the coverage was fantastic. I mean,
0: I do agree. Really good coverage, really good coverage on that. One last thing about football before we go into the rest of our news Uh, quickly. uh, I asked, I asked all of you, what is a, you know, like a sleeper team or like a team to watch out for, for the rest of the year that maybe not everyone's talking about. So Jason, do you have a team? I
1: guess for the rest of the year, I could say our team, the the Purdue Boilermakers, because we, oh we have uh, a very strong receiving core now, now especially since Rondale's men. back. Uh, we have the two of our receivers were the two most recent Big Ten freshmen of the year. So, okay. better watch okay. out. Oh. Boiler up, right.
2: hammer down, question yep. mark. Yeah, as, long as, as long as your quarterback can get them the ball, I'm sure they'll be Yeah, we got be, enough yeah, quarterbacks
1: yeah. now. We can go through like six
0: quarterbacks and we'll still be okay. Oh. <laughs> Hannah, I think I know what yours is, but for the people, what's your team?
3: My sleeper team is definitely going to be Iowa State just because, like, losing against Louisiana, that was a really bad start to the season, left kind of a bad taste in everyone's mouth. I feel like every year we go through this thing, we're like, oh, is Matt Campbell, like, really worth the hype? Like, what's going on there? But then they had two really good games against Oklahoma and Texas Tech. So, like, I feel like they're going to be ones to watch out for as we get later into the season and then they get back into their – Rhythm. Also love the ISU marching band. I'm not going to try and recite their acronym, because I know I'll say it wrong, but love to you guys. You guys are great.
1: I feel like Hannah really likes teams that have mascots that are just spinning whirlwinds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to
0: agree with that one. That, that's a hot take. We will figure that out soon. Craig, what is your team?
2: So, I'm going uh, to go with Ole Miss. So, I know they're not the best team in the world. They're they're all right. They're, in my opinion, a pretty middle of the pack team. Um, but just the way that they fought against Alabama, it showed that they they're not a bad team. They're not a top tier team. You know, if you're expecting them to be, you know, the sleeper, like national champion. No, that's, that's not what you're going to get. But you're going to get a team that's going to fight and a team that's not going to give up in four quarters. If you're just looking at it for a team to watch, I think that's definitely where you're gonna find it. Um, so yeah, their light Go blue uniforms miss. are
1: also awesome. I love that color. Mm-hmm. All right, Alex, who's your sleeper team?
0: Yeah, so my sleeper team. Uh, I yeah, you know, I know we I know we dogged a little bit on the SMU student section, but the SMU football team, the Pony Express, Pony Up, they're back. They are ranked 17th right now. Shane Bouchelle is a dark horse Heisman candidate and has been for the last two years. It's a very good team. Uh, For our last part of the news segment, Hannah, I know that you uh, did a lot of in-depth investigative work about this. So uh, what is is the last part of the news segment that, that, that you really wanted to focus on kind of?
3: So kind of the big thing right now going on in college basketball is the news that kind of broke about Greg Marshall, who's the head coach at Wichita and has been for some time now, or at Wichita State, excuse me. So what's kind of going down with him is... He's been accused of like verbal physical abuse, which is actually um, not something anybody is super surprised by that's familiar with their program. Like, he gets super aggressive, like with his own players and is yelling at them. So, kind of a big sign that something was amiss, even before this all came out, is that last season they lost six scholarship players and one walk on after a 23 win season, which is huge you never see something like that and then you're kind of seeing there's a real lack of defense on social media and in any statements from former players and coaches which does say a lot I think kind of the key takeaway here is that there used to be this big kind of win at any cost mentality in college sports and definitely the past I think even five to 10 years, there's been a big shift away from that as mental health. That's become a really big thing in sports as it should be. So I think this is an example of kind of the end of an era for that style of coaching.
0: Yeah, definitely big news. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that there's definitely going to be, you know, assuming that what the investigation shows that, you know, he he was doing all that stuff. Um, I think that, the penalties, to, uh, the penalties to the school are going to be just devastating for the program. But, I mean, mm-hmm. even, even if the investigation comes up and says, no, he, we found nothing, we found that he's doing absolutely nothing wrong, um, the program is still, I mean, the, first of all, the reputation is, mm-hmm. is kind of shot, you know, at least from an outsider's perspective. I mean, plus with all the players leaving, that's another just that's absolutely devastating thing. move.
0: Craig, I did want to jump in here for a second. Quickly, who was the – because this reminded me immediately, and uh, I'm not trying to shine a bad light on any school, but – No, I know what, Rutgers
2: what, had I, – I know the, the Rutgers coach was Mike Rice. Um, yeah. And, like, the Rutgers team, I don't know how good they were back when he was head coach. Like, when they got rid of him, the team absolutely was not good. Um, mm-hmm. The team suffered immensely.
3: I think the interesting Um, thing, too, with college sports is and even I'm sure professional level sports is that um, a lot of coach behavior kind of like that will get swept under the rug so long as the team is good. Like if you look at Fran McCaffrey at Iowa, um, but since Iowa's program, especially right now, is so good, a lot of that is just going to get kind of hushed up. But I know that Wichita State, I don't believe, has made the tournament since 2017, which was their first year out of the MVC so then you have Greg Marshall kind of in a situation where it's like well we're not doing so hot I there's nothing I can be like oh like sure the behavior's bad but he's valuable enough to keep like he doesn't really have a great case for why he should stay and why he should Mm -hmm. keep coaching basketball
1: there. I guess what makes me think of like this whole situation kind of makes me think of like like coaches have I've had in the past and then and for some reason the movie Miracle like with Herb Brooks as a coach
4: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like
1: but then I realized like there's a line between like being like a hard coach and a coach that like is an intense mm-hmm. coach and gets things done mm-hmm. through like intensity yeah. and versus just straight up being just a bully and everything yeah yeah
2: that's and true, i mean that's true. i think you can you can see lots and lots of instances if you look back over you know historically throughout college sports um, of Bob time of of abusive uh, of abusive coaches, um, like I think there's definitely there's definitely been a cultural shift in sports, especially with players kind of finding their voice over the last couple of years, um, and just uh, college athletes and professional athletes too, just being much more vocal on um, on uh, like F- Facebook, uh, Twitter. No, nobody uses Facebook anymore. Um, but just the way the world is nowadays that if, if the program is, if there's a problem with the program, if the players expose, if the players, if there's a legitimate problem and the players try and expose it, likely the players are going to be the ones who end up winning. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate to use the word winning in a situation like that. I mean, I feel like they'll they'll believe them more than they'll believe anyone else exactly exactly because um i feel like just the the way the world is now we're much more likely to listen to victims uh as opposed Mm -hmm. to the other yeah so i
0: I know this got a little bit serious but it's important to talk about the serious stuff and the fun Mm -hmm. stuff in this podcast because we're trying to address everything but uh, that's it for news uh stay tuned and we're gonna get right into our main segment about college greek life ba- or college band greek life sororities fraternities all that good stuff so just stay tuned and we'll be right back and welcome back to our main segment of this second episode of our first season of college band radio uh this i guess this episode or this week we kind of wanted to dive into the topic of of Greek life within marching band, within just the band community. And today we have uh, a couple people who uh, represent the Kappa Kappa Psi fraternity. Savannah, take the floor, kind of introduce what Kappa Kappa Psi is and introduce our special guest for today.
5: Great. So I'm a member of the Gamma chapter of Kappa Kappa Psi at the University of Washington in Seattle. We do a lot of service projects, really it's, we're doing service to college bands, really that's a big overarching theme, obviously, of, of Kappa Kappa Psi as an organization but I'm really excited to have guests here today. We have Nick Franks and Astrid Martin who are both my brothers in Gamma um, and I'd love to hear what they have to say about their experience. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So um, if you guys want to introduce yourselves, I'd love to make sure that you guys um, get heard and everything.
6: Um, Well, I'm Astrid. I'm a third year at UW studying psychology. Um, I'm the service head for the Gamma chapter of Psy at UW and I play tenor sax in HMB, so.
7: And my name is Nick. Um, I'm the Gamma Chapter President um, at the University of Washington. Um, I'm a music education major um, going into my third year of school. Um, and I play alto sax in the saxophone section in the Husky Band.
5: But yeah, um, so I kind of really wanted to talk about both mine and my brother's experience in our chapter and like how how the presence of our chapter really um, affects our game day experience and our rehearsal schedules. So, you know, when I think about our chapter of K.K. Psy and K.K. Psy in general, like the role, kind of in my own words, I feel like it's um, obviously, you know, we call ourselves a brotherhood, we're brotherhood, and it's just kind of another level to band family on the social level. And so it's really good to go to rehearsal and see your brothers, and you're all there to, um, you know, make sure the band succeeds as much as possible. You know, you want to put your best foot forward. Whether that be in like small things, volunteering to help set up or tear down rehearsal, it's it's really great to be like a part of that. And it's, it really shows as a positive part of our band program, which I'm really happy to be a part of it. Uh, if you guys have anything to add to this, that would be great.
7: Yeah. Um, you know, the fraternity is, um, like you said to many people, a second family. It's a place where we go to um, not only bond over music, but also to give back to our communities. Um, you know, when I whenever I think about Kappa Kappa Psi, my first thought is always just a like a leg for the band program to stand on. It's just another way to help support, um, you know, what has given all of us such an amazing musical experience over our um, past few years. And um, we do a lot of different things to help out the band program in that regard. Yeah, it's it's a place where we bond and support our fellow musicians um, and have a good time while doing it.
6: Yeah, I feel like there's so many little things that is just amazing from being a part of KK Psy and Gamma in specific. Like, whether just seeing, like, your brothers during rehearsal and just seeing so many more familiar faces than just your section and knowing, like, how much good you do for, like, the program that you're a part of. And, um, yeah, it's just a really positive experience overall.
5: Yeah, for sure. I I really like um, when we have game days in particular, it's really great to... um... Get together with all of our brothers after the game. Um, after every game day, we'll we'll come together on the fifty and we'll all sing the hymn together. Um, you know, and it's it's one of the little things that you know you can't really take for granted. It's just those moments that matter. Um, but yeah, moving on, I really want to talk about um, the service aspect of K K S I and what that role is um, in Husky Band in general. Um, so do you guys have any favorite service projects you've been a part of or any stories you want to tell about that?
6: So my favorite service project as being service head is definitely junior-senior day that we do with the Husky Band. Um, it's the biggest service project and it's very stressful to put together, but um, it's amazing. Um, so what it is, is it's we invite um, juniors and seniors from high schools around the Washington area And, um, they come for the spring game for the football team (laughs) and they play with the Husky band. Like they get provided some of the, um, songs, some of the normal stand tunes that we play and the section leaders will like teach them the choreo and the songs beforehand. And then they get to go out to the spring game and get a t-shirt and play with everyone. And it's just... So, like, everyone's so happy the whole time. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I went to it my senior year of high school, and it was what made me decide to be a part of the Husky Band. And obviously, it was like the best decision I've ever made. But, um, yeah, so that's my favorite. (laughs) But,
7: yeah, um, that's definitely one of my favorites, also. And it's really cool that you mentioned that because recently, what we've been doing as a chapter is, um, You know, given the virtual nature of the past few months um, in this country, it's been really um, a lot easier to help surrounding high schools rather than just the university. Um, Getting back to the greater band community, not even just within the university, but also helping out um, just the music educators in Washington. Um, So one of the projects that we have lined up right now um, is creating like a virtual instrument petting zoo. I don't know if you guys have seen this video before, but I think it's the Air Force that like the Air Force Army Band that introduced the um, different instruments in the wind band to um, like an elementary school, middle school audience and um, doing something like that. But maybe in a live setting or pre-recorded. we haven't quite worked out the details yet, but um, it's just another way that we like to give back. Um, And I think it's one of the things that being online has made easier for us. It's reaching everyone within the greater community.
6: When we normally have, like, games and everything, pre-COVID, Gamma, we would make little snack bags, so away band snacks, and we would pack up, like, just little snacks, and, um, brothers would go over to the visiting band and give them these snack bags, just as, like, a little, hi, welcome, here's some food, um, and that was always, always really fun, and that way you could kind of meet really quick the other members of the band, but, um, yeah, that was another fun one.
5: It's I've had a good experience with um, the snack bags, too, not even just at UW. Um, I went to the Oregon State football game last year, and their chapter is Theta, I believe, the Theta chapter. And they made snack bags for our visiting band, and it was just really cool because, you know, maybe we didn't get the time exactly to hang out or, like, get to know each other because, you know, game days are busy. Um, but, you know, the, some of them include, like, their Instagram or there's Snapchat if you want to reach out, you know, and that's it's just the little things that really create the bonds, so... and, like, that really in particular sticks out to me when I think of relationships between, um, you know, college band programs, college marching band programs, and even, like, different chapters of Kappa Kappa Psi, because um, we have, uh, ways to connect to each other, Facebook pages, group chats, you know, and conferences, uh, where one chapter will host another or a handful, um, yeah, and it's it's the little things like that where it doesn't always have to be some big travel thing that gets you introduced to people of different chapters and different bands. It's just hey, reach out to me, you know? Like here's some here's some fruit snacks and my Instagram, you know, <laughs> if you ever want to talk. And I think that's really great. That's something I really value about it.
0: Savannah, Savannah, I did have a um I did have a question because I think that I guess for me, as someone who's kind of an outsider when it comes to Greek life, um, especially within band, uh, could could any one of you three kind of best describe what it um just kind of what Kappa Kappa Psi is for someone who isn't involved in it? Kind of, if you want to do like a basic um, description or more of like a more detailed thing uh, for the um, for the listeners and viewers, just what would be the best way to um, to describe it from any one of your perspectives?
5: Great. So, should I take the lead on that one? <laughs> um, I'm sure any of us could give a give a good explanation of it. But um, Kappa Kappa Psi is an honorary band service fraternity. Um, so it was founded uh, for college band students. So that doesn't have to be just college marching band students. That's people in campus bands, wind ensembles, and um, our service projects also reach out there. Um, so also to the school of music. Um, I'm just for the time being. I'm just talking about the college marching band, like Husky band. You know, you can pursue it if you're interested in giving back to either just your school of music or your community. It's something that uh, I found really fulfilling having done so many years of music. um, To be able to put together things, and it's all about giving back. I can keep saying giving back. But, uh, you know, we have chapter meetings every week. And committees where we'll get together and plan service projects. Uh, Yeah, and it's, it's just it's all really about that. I can keep saying that over and over again, but you know, we're, we're a brotherhood and we all treat each other as brothers and I w I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but you know, that's just kind of a, a summary of it.
7: Yeah. yeah. One thing I'd like to add real quick is one of the things that makes this, um, organization, this fraternity so unique, um, is that it's some um, co-ed, So one of the things that really brings together everyone um, is the opportunity to give back um, no matter your gender, no matter your location, um, no matter how big your college band is or how small your college band is. um, It's really it's an organization for everyone. Um, I think I if I have the numbers right, I think we have over 60,000 brothers who have been initiated since our founding in. Um, 1919, and there are over, I think, six or seven thousand current members, active members um, nationwide. And it's that um, sense of brotherhood that you were talking about, and fellowship and camaraderie that, in a way, makes us all like know each other, even though we don't like know each other.
5: Yeah, for sure. So, for anybody watching right now, you might have noticed that Alex disappeared. Um, (laughs) Apparently, his power went out, but I will just continue on without him. If you have any really fun stories or anything about um, things that we've done as a chapter or with other chapters, I'd really love to hear them. I'm sure everybody would love to hear them.
6: Last year when we went to the Vegas Bowl, um, Boise State's chapter. I don't remember what their chapter is. It's Iota Kappa. But I guess Biota they. Iota. Wait. Iota Kappa. Yeah. yeah. That Biota one. Iota Kappa. Yeah. Iota Kappa. They gave us a potato, I guess, and our chapter president from last year, Baylor, he planted it. And now we have little baby potatoes from the potato that their chapter gave us. And I don't know, that's really random, but like silly and kind of an example of kind of what KK Psy is and our connection. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of silly, but yeah.
5: And it's, I will point out, I remember uh, at the Vegas Bowl, there was a, a previous alumni brother of Beta Omicron at Arizona State who hosted um, people from GAMMA and from IOTA Kappa, so from UW and uh, Boise State for dinner. I unfortunately was able to go, but I think that's another really cool thing that definitely should be mentioned.
6: <laughs> yeah, I feel like whenever we travel as a band, we always find those opportunities to connect with brothers wherever we go, and that's like just really amazing to always know you have somewhere to go.
7: One of my um, favorite memories from from recent years, Um, it feels like all like a lot of band things are in Vegas. So this is another Vegas example. But um, two years ago at the um, Pac-12 basketball tournament, um, we met up with a few brothers from um, Oregon State. And we decided to meet up um, in the New York, New York Hotel to sing the hymn. So we found a little place in in like the casino and we made our circle and we sang the hymn and um just the absurdity of like being able to sing this really slow um insightful hymn in the middle of a big casino with flashing lights um it was a lot of fun it was it was kind of weird it was kind of absurd but it was great that we were able to um to catch up and you know put rivalry aside and just be brothers for a few minutes
5: yeah and i think it's important to mention also like um for people listening that might not know um, Kappa Kappa Psi is a national fraternity, It has chapters all around the country, but there's also national conventions, so there's a lot of opportunities to really, uh, you know, meet people of different chapters. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to add? Anything you want to plug? Um, WDC
7: 2021 yeah. <laughs> being hosted in Seattle, Washington. Um, we'd love as many brothers as possible to come by. Um, yeah. So anyone in Kappa, Kappa Kappa Psi on the Western District, if you're listening to this, stop by um, WDC in Seattle 2021. It's going to be a good time.
5: Yeah. Great. So, um, yeah. And if you if you're listening right now and you want more information about Kappa Kappa Psi as an organization or maybe the Gamma chapter of Kappa Kappa Psi, I'll make sure to include some links in our uh, description of our YouTube video and possibly the description of our Spotify podcast. But yeah, anyways, thanks for joining me, Nick and Astrid. Really enjoyed talking to you. I'm really happy that you guys were able to kind of share your experience about it. All
0: right, And welcome back to the second part of our uh, main topic, main segment for episode two. Obviously, we've already talked to a few members of of Kappa Kappa Psi uh, at University of Washington. So thank you um, to them so much for coming on, but now we are going over to the Ta Beta Sigma, which is the other large uh, Greek organization, the coed sorority that has a, a very large presence around the country. So so two members of Ta Beta Sigma uh, here that we are going to uh, talk to for a little bit and just kind of get to know them a little bit better and get to know how Ta Beta Sigma works. So for the viewers and, and listeners, if, uh, if, if you want to introduce yourselves, uh, either one of you can go first.
8: Hi, I'm Alyssa Boblik. I'm the president of the Psi Chapter of Tau Beta Sigma at the University of Arkansas. I play clarinet in the Razorback Marching Band, and I study industrial engineering a- with a data minor.
4: And I am Andrew Tate. I uh, played tenor saxophone the uh, marching Mizzou, and I'm the current chapter service chair uh, for our Zeta Omega chapter. And I'm a physics major and my fifth year at University of Missouri.
0: Awesome. So how would either of you best describe uh, what, what TABIDA segment is in its most basic form?
8: First thing that comes to mind to me is like our purpose statement, which says um, to promote the existence and welfare of collegiate bands and to create a respect and appreciation for band activities and achievements among the listening public everywhere. Um, so promoting college bands and additionally promoting women in music.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, actually, as my uh, role as the chapter service chair, uh, I've done, we actually have a women in music speakers event uh, that we do every year, typically, and uh, definitely highlight voices of faculty and staff and uh, professors at the University of Missouri School of Music and uh, their particular story and whatnot. I I definitely think our purpose uh, for the band and its service is similar to Kappa Kappa Psi. We just do our respective own kind of sets of duties uh, in a way to the marching and concert bands.
0: So I guess from that, um, in terms of like uh, meeting schedule over the course of, I I guess, during the, I guess the busiest time would be during the football season. uh, How is it like, and then can either of you kind of describe how the game day experience is like from the Todd Beta Sigma perspective?
8: It's a bunch of fun. (laughs) So the Psi chapter is really, really lucky to have a brother chapter of Kappa Kappa Psi Lambda who we're really close to and we work with all the time. Most of our game day duties we do collaboratively, um, especially loading and unloading trucks. One of the game day events that we always do is rolling out seat covers for our white bibbers and um, getting water coolers to every other end of row just to make sure everyone's hydrated um and sometimes those call times for us are at 4 a.m um
0: <laughs>
8: arkansas ever has a great football schedule mm. so we can be there
0: noon, noon kickoffs are the best things right <laughs>
8: <laughs> sometimes um <laughs> but being there super early and staying there late um and then just a blur of spirit and craziness <laughs>
4: Yeah, I, I can definitely uh, attest to that similar experience. Um, I think between our other chapter, uh, Kappa Kappa Psi, uh, we really have kind of a division of labor. Like We do a lot of projects together uh, for service in general. Um, we just call it joint events, and we have our know, weekly meetings and whatnot. Uh, on game days, however, uh, our primary purpose uh, for Tau Beta Sigma would be to uh, organize the uniforms, make sure everyone Looks uh, good and uh, is ready to go. Uh, While well, Capricabasai uh on a typical day, they would be doing all the water jugs and uh, some trash cleanup after the games, and you know, occasionally uh, Tabeta uh, would help. And obviously, like we all help each other.
0: Alyssa, I was curious. When are you going to bed at night to wake up at four a.m. call time for um, during a game day? Because I'm just, I'm just really, really intrigued now.
8: um sometimes you don't sleep (laughs) oh that's
0: mm, I I don't like I don't like the sound of that (laughs)
8: all right the the friendly good answer would be like 8 (laughs) p.m
0: okay I was gonna say because like oh man so from that um I guess from there I wanted to go into talking about kind of the service side of it and the service project that you um service projects that you guys do uh large and small are there any favorites that um, that you have? Any uh, interesting things that happen either, you know, just over the course of a season or, or during game days that you do?
9: Andrew, do you want to talk about Big Mo?
4: Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I was trying to think of
2: something uh,
4: <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah. So uh, if you didn't know, Big Mo is the biggest bass drum in, uh, I don't know, college sports, maybe. I don't, I don't know the- uh, Thank practice. God
0: Jason isn't here to debate that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm a, as an alumni of Marching Mizzou and a uh, current member of Tau Beta Sigma, this is one of our joint projects we do with Kappa Kappa Psi, actually, where both of us kind of show up on game days when uh, those of us who are active members or conditional who are not you know, in the marching uh, band on that game day uh, will, basically host the the drum and what what we do is like we have it in a certain corner of the stadium and typically a celebrity will come by and uh initiate the game and do the first uh m-i-z-c-o-u chance um before kickoff and that's kind of like our big tradition and uh it was about i want to say over 10 years ago or so when uh big mo started being integrated into game day atmosphere and being a like kind of big landmark on the uh, for zoo. Wow,
8: that's a really fun tradition. One of my favorites that we do throughout the football season is an event called Crescendo, where we, um, it's a musical youth initiative program where we got into our community. Specifically, we usually go to a local high school and play with their high school band at one of their games. Um, for example, last year, we went to a local high school that had 50 members and for a comparison, there's about fifty clarinets in the Razorback marching band. So we were amazed to like see all of the members of TBS and Catholic Campsite and regular RB members there supporting them. Um, it's a really cool experience to see them like excited about music and band. It just warms my heart.
0: It, i am curious is supporting the uh the local and youth music scene especially at you know high schools and elementary schools is that a big part of of what tbs is
4: absolutely
8: yeah it's one of our national programs um for context i think there's five national programs um one being crescendo
0: but yeah, no, no. That's a really, really important thing that 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 you guys are so uh, ingrained within the uh, uh, within the community like that. I think that's a really important thing for a lot of people, and I think that's a really good segue going into talking about kind of the national aspect of it. And uh, I, I'm I'm sure that you guys have experiences of meeting up with other members. I mean, obviously, we're doing kind of an impromptu thing right now of p of 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 Tabita Sigma members from two different uh, universities and bands meeting up. For this, uh, which I don't think that we planned, but I think it's really funny that it happened. But it is like, how would you describe kind of the uh, the interactions with other Tabita Sigma members at other bands and other colleges across the country? Are there different conventions and or like regional things that you guys go to? Uh, can you kind of go into a little bit more detail about that kind of stuff?
8: Yeah. So. Um, game day specifically, we try and trade game day gifts, like, um, the most recent one Arkansas had with Mizzou, um, we got like this license plate with the Mizzou Tiger on it, um, which was really, really kind. Um, but aside from normal game day activities, we have, um, conventions in both, um, district and then national every two years and workshops in between those times at different hosts throughout the states.
4: Yeah, uh, that's basically uh, our experience as well, Uh, especially with the gift giving, uh, we actually still have that license plate from Arkansas hanging up in our uh, little layer that we have uh, when when we have a uniform or we store all uniforms, like all of our storage is in that same little closet, I guess, (laughs) or it's a big closet um, for uh, that we normally use for game days and uh yeah other gifts we do for uh other schools i can't remember ours to arkansas but uh typically is some sort of banner or something that uh, has all the signatures of all the members paddles um, sometimes yeah paddles things like that and yeah. and yeah of course
9: yeah yeah one of the things my favorite things is being like from the outside is um always going up to the tbs members and like asking them like what they got um and then if you ever go into the like the little layer of the closet you can see them all hanging up so that's always really cool to see
0: that's pretty cool i was curious um i had i think two more things to ask both of you but in this in this covid era that we're in right now how have things changed when it comes to meetings and how you guys interact and communicate with each other Be- between like different day. members <laughs>
8: <laughs> um so our national council has um pretty much enacted that we are not to meet in person unless it is deemed essential service by a director of bands um, so all of our meetings used to be in person now we have zoom meetings um, any service has to like we have to ask our director of bands to do it so if we wanted to clean our seat covers we'd have to call up our dob and say hey we think this is essential because they'll get super moldy if we do not do this right now <laughs> um, but it's made sisterhood a lot harder just to have everyone motivated and get that spirit to like, we're in a pandemic, but go band.
4: (laughs) Yeah, we're definitely uh, trying our best to make the the most of our situation, especially like a lot of credit can be given to our um, directors of athletic bands, our uh, marching band director, Amy Knops. Um, She's worked her tail off to make the season actually actually give us a season and uh, i'm sure uh, obviously other schools like trying just the same if assuming they even have a football season because uh we're lucky enough that the sec uh, continued and enacted a lot of uh restrictions to uh keep us safe still
0: so the last thing that i have for both of you is uh for those that might be interested in joining top Sigma in the future um, what uh, are some of the things that both of you enjoy most about being part of it and what would you say to someone uh that would be interested in it? why should they join taba sigma
8: one of the things i really love about it is just the spirit um no matter what the my sisters the people in tbs they're just they're here for it. <laughs> rain or shine they are the people you can lean on um and I know that it's such a diverse group that ten years later I'm going to be able to call them up and ask for like their completely different skill set. Um, it's just I would probably have never talked to some of these people if it weren't for TBS, and I've made lifelong friendships because of it.
4: Yeah, uh, same here. It's really something special, I, I guess, for similar reasons to uh, joining. You know typical social fraternities, sororities. We really have our little community. And uh, for for me, I had not, uh, I didn't know very many people going into Mizzou. And then our first uh, band camp freshman year, uh, my section made up like instant best friends uh, going into freshman year and like my own sense of my own little family like immediately and Beta just kind of enhanced that further where I get this whole other group that's outside of my section like kind of have a different side of things not only serving uh, the band and the school of music but like getting to have make all these new interpersonal relationships and friendships it's really awesome.
0: Well, uh, before I say, well, first off, I want to say thank you to both of you for coming on. have uh, uh, It's been really, really interesting to kind of hear how Todd Beta Sigma works. And I'm sure that all of our listeners and viewers really uh, have really enjoyed this conversation. But before you guys leave, if you want to plug anything in terms of your specific Todd Beta Sigma chapter, please do.
8: You can follow the Psy chapter at TBSigma underscore Psy on Twitter and Instagram. And I think our Facebook too. So Mizzou Tau Beta is, it's just M-U Tau
9: Beta.
0: (laughs) Perfect. It's as simple as that. All right. Well,
9: uh,
0: thank you so much, Andrew and Alyssa, for coming on. And now we're going to go into our college football picks for week seven. So stay tuned. You're going to love them. And welcome back to our week seven college football pick segment. Uh, Just to preface this, me and Jason were three for four last week. So all y'all are slacking. We're currently at the top of the leaderboard.
2: I'm just gonna call out Miami for letting me down yeah,
3: there. Yeah, Craig and I both like, uh, took it. Like her.
2: Miami, you really, you really hurt me there, buddy. UNC. Oh.
3: Hurricane did not beat a tiger in a fight. And I'm just
0: disappointed. <laughs> but like technically, an actual hurricane would kill a tiger quite easily.
3: That's what I'm. saying. <laughs> I don't That's know though.
0: So, yeah, so right now the scoreboard is I think me and Jason have three. Um, and I don't know, is it two people are tied for two? Two people and are tied for one? Is that Savannah, how it is?
3: Savannah, Annabelle, and I are all tied with two. Uh, Craig is bringing up the le- the rear with <laughs> one victory.
2: That is, But very- all I'm saying is this is like golf, right? You want the lowest score? No, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's it? not, no. not how better. it works. But, Craig, no. oh, okay. but, but Craig
0: you okay. can redeem yourself this week because we do have seven all matchups to talk about instead of four. All I-
2: right, here we go. I'm getting all seven.
0: We're going to start off with... Uh, the now unranked LSU Tigers at number 10 Florida. I'm going to start with Jason on this one. Jason, who do you think is going to win this matchup between the Tigers and the Gators? Um,
1: I was actually very impressed with Florida last week against A&M, so I'm going to go with Florida.
0: All right. Savannah, who do you have?
5: Um, I think I'm going to go with Florida. I didn't pick them last week. LSU is kind of on that... Downward trend, I think that they will not win this one. So I'm gonna pick Florida. All
2: right. Craig, what do you have? So I am gonna pick LSU for this one. They just lost Craig. to Mizzou, so they're angry, they're pissed off, and they want to they've got that chip on their shoulder now. They want to win. I think they're gonna bring it. Florida is a good team, so it should be a really good game, but I think LSU bring in the fire, I think they're gonna they're gonna get the dub. Hannah.
3: I'm also gonna go with LSU. And while they don't do it anymore, they used to play a really spicy version of Neck. And that's 100
9: percent of the reason I am picking them.
0: It's a good reason. It's a good reason. Annabelle, who do you have?
9: Um, so normally I would pick Florida, but I think Craig's Craig has a very good point. And I do feel a little bit bad for their team because they must be very, very depressed right now. So <laughs>
0: I am going to go with Florida because LSU has been terrible this year after winning the national championship. I don't know if there is such a thing as a, as a national championship slump, but they have not looked good this year, and I'm going to go with Florida. Next matchup, we have number 11 Texas A&M coming off of that top five win against Florida, now up to 11 in the poll uh, at Mississippi State. We will go Savannah. Who do you have in this matchup between the Aggies and the Dogs?
5: Um, so I'm going to pick Texas A&M this Ooh, this week. she's going uh, against the dogs. Yeah, I'm going against the dogs this Ooh. time, but here's the thing. Uh, Mike Leach, who I talk about all the time, used to coach the Washington State Cougars. Um, that's my rival team. That's really the only logic I have about it. I'm not going to pick Mississippi State, obviously, so I'll pick Texas A&M.
0: Mike Leach, weird guy, weird guy. Craig, He's a pirate. who do you have?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for A&M. I know early on, you know, I... I was not impressed by the by really any of the teams from Texas, um, but A and was expecting them to kind of get destroyed this past weekend, and they proved me wrong. So maybe they've got a little more fight than I was giving them credit for. So because of that, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick A and M this week. All right, Hannah.
3: I'm also gonna go with A and M because I picked against them last last week and then looked
9: like a clown. So A and M.
0: Annabelle.
9: I'm also gonna go Texas A and M. All right.
0: Jason. Me too. Giga Maggies. I am also going to go with AM. Kellen Bond looked really good in that game, and that was a very impressive win, fans or not fans. It was a very impressive win against a very good Florida team. Oof. Next matchup, uh, we're going down to Miami. It is Pitt against number 13 Miami after losing to Clemson last week, but everyone kind of, except for some people, decided who decided to choose Miami. Uh, Clemson basically steamrolled them. So, uh, Craig. Who do you have in this matchup between the Hurricanes and the Panthers?
2: Um well, you know, like I have friends who went to Pitt. I think that, you know, they're really nice people, but they're not known to be a football school. Sure, Miami did let me down last week real bad, but I'm I have faith. I have faith that, you know, the turnover chain's going to come out a few times. Oh, the and turnover we're going we're to so nice. get that dub. We're going to get that dub this week. Let's go Miami. Hannah, who do you have?
3: Like Craig, I was I got my feelings hurt by Miami last weekend. Um, I also, you know how I feel about the Panthers of any variety. So I'm going to go with it.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Surprise pick, it seems like. Annabelle, who do you have?
9: I'm going to go with Miami. <laughs> All
0: right jason
1: i am also gonna go with miami all
0: right and savannah
1: i'm going with miami
0: it seems to be the consensus pick i'm i'm gonna agree um
3: you guys are all gonna be wrong
0: yeah yeah i mean i mean that might happen pit pit looked really good at the start of the year it kind of fell off and i mean miami's still a good team it, you know it's not like yeah, Cole losing Panthers. to Trevor Lawrence and Clemson's not really doesn't make you a bad gonna, team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, like, it's not like, like they lost to a bad team. Like, Clemson's literally the best team in college football and probably the best team in college football over the last five years. So they're pretty good. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Panthers. Go Cats. No. Go Canes. Come on, Pitt. Don't let
0: Hannah down. <laughs> Always got to go with the U. Never, never doubt the U uh we will go to our next matchup we are going to the american athletic conference now for a matchup between number eight cincinnati the bearcats are back in the top 10 for the first time in at least a decade against tulsa who i believe are the golden hurricanes so we have two hurricanes here (laughs) hannah we're gonna start off with you who are you picking in this matchup between the bearcats and the golden hurricanes
3: a bear? I don't know what a bear cat is, but it
9: sounds impressive, so I'm going with the bearcats.
0: <laughs> Annabelle.
9: I'm going to Tulsa, just because I like the oh. uniforms a little oh, bit better gosh. than the Cincinnati
0: All right. ones. Jason.
1: I don't really know much about these two schools or their bands, unfortunately, but Cincinnati did come to my high school for a recruitment thing, so I'm going to go with Cincinnati. All right.
0: I like the logic. Savannah. <laughs>
5: Uh, I don't really know very much about these programs uh, right now, but I'm going to pick Cincinnati, just a gut feeling. All
2: right. And Craig? Yeah, I mean, I, like everyone <laughs> else, I really don't know about Cincinnati or Tulsa. <laughs> I know Cincinnati's been like, from what I've seen, it's kind of been a Cinderella season, so I'm thinking that... Don't you mean a
1: Cinderella season? Mm, stop. Jason. Oh. <laughs>
2: get, Jason <laughs> out. get out of it. There's get there's out the, the bell, call. I'm going to change my vote. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Cincinnati, I think. Easy. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. So, wait, is that an so.
0: official vote change for Annabelle? Is she going with Cincinnati yeah. now? I'm right. right, going with Cincinnati.
9: to root for the Disney princess.
0: Okay, okay, I appreciate that. <laughs> and I am also going to ride the Cincinnati bandwagon. Uh, Cincinnati's been a, a good team. They've been a perennially good team for the last few years. And I'm going to say Cincinnati's going to take it. Uh, we have two more before a big... Um, uh, talk about Georgia and, and Georgia and Bama. We are going to the Big 12 now with uh, number seven Oklahoma State back from a bye week at Baylor.
3: In the midst of making our picks for this game, word came through that the Baylor-Oklahoma State game had been canceled due to a COVID-19 outbreak in the Baylor football team. We wish everyone a speedy recovery and we look forward to bringing you the pick later in the season.
0: Another game in the American, we are going to Memphis and we are going to be talking about the UCF Knights and the Memphis Tigers. So, uh, Jason, we'll start off with you again. Who do you have in this matchup between the Knights and the Tigers?
1: I'm going to go with Memphis because for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think we were supposed to play them this season. And second of all, last year we did these really cool uniforms for homecoming and they were space themed and then the US, the entire like UCF fan base just had like an absolute just we're just going crazy. They were like this is they were just not happy with us. So, I'm going Memphis. Savannah. I
5: want to pick UCF. Two of my favorite Seahawks players, Shaquille and Shaquem Griffin went to UCF.
2: So I think they'll win this
0: week. I, I like that. I like that. Both 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 really good. I respect that. Craig, who do you have?
2: I think UCF is a dominant force, you know. I mean, they're not the national championship team that they were a couple of years ago. But, I, but they're, still, they're, they're still quite a force. I think, um, I think they're going to take the dub here. They're going to win. Right. They're going to get it. Anna. They're going to get that bread.
3: I'm actually going to go with UCF because when I did my Disney College program, a lot of people who don't go back to their colleges like try and get in and go to school there. So I know some people who go there. So okay. UCF.
0: <laughs> and Annabelle.
9: I'm going to go with Memphis because they're Tigers. Rawr.
0: <laughs> I like <play>
2: Tiger <laughs> Rag. How um, many teams are the Tigers? How, how many? Too many? Not too many, many too enough,
9: Craig. Too many. Not enough.
2: At least we so. may or may not find that out during this episode. I I cannot go against
0: the national champions. I don't care if they won it 3 years ago. They're still the national champions because, you know, memes. <laughs> so, go UCF. Uh which leads us to our final matchup of this week, the number 3 Georgia at number 2 Alabama, which should be a heavy-hitting crazy matchup. Uh Savannah, we're going to start with you. Who do you have in this matchup between the Dogs and the Tide?
5: So, I'm pretty sure this is not a surprise, but I'm picking the Dogs, I'm picking Georgia. Um Steve Sarkeesian at Alabama, their offensive coordinator, used to be the UW head coach. And it, it hurts. It stings to see somebody level up after they leave your program, so <laughs> I'm picking Georgia.
2: <laughs> Craig. I am also gonna pick Georgia for this one. I think you know, Alabama's obviously a good team. I mean they're ranked number two, but I think they're not they're not the Alabama of, you know, a couple a uh, couple years ago when they were Winning national championships. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say they're on the decline, but they're just not where they were. Um, whereas I've been nothing but impressed with Georgia. So that being the case, go dogs. Their version of a decline is like a two-loss season. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Imagine. If, if only, right? All right, Hannah, who do you have?
3: I'm gonna go with Georgia, just for fun.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that. Go dogs. Annab- <laughs> Annabelle.
9: Um, I'm also gonna go with Georgia
0: because
9: also like what Craig said. Whenever we played them, as we played them a couple weeks ago, we kind of held them unexpectedly in the first half, and that was kind of surprising for who they you know claim to be. Um, and also, I really really like Georgia. If I were to go to any other SEC school, I'd definitely go to Georgia, and they have a really cute band, and I like their clarinet band. section. So shout out to them.
1: Shout out to the Georgia clarinets. Um. I'm also gonna go with Georgia. So.
9: Ooh, man! Yeah, um,
1: but I do have a fun fact for this fun time. Fun fact: Fun fact: Jason. Georgia and Alabama have the same alma mater tune, but they also share it with Annabelle's school. That's
5: Top
2: three schools right there.
0: That's three. Three out of That's many. <laughs> fun facts with Jason always. Um, I'm gonna be the dissenting opinion here. Najee Harris absolutely torched old Misses' defense. I but like Alabama's that much better. Their their offense is just so stacked, and like they don't even need to have like a good quarterback to be good. So
5: Georgia's defense n- is like also very stacked though. So it's gonna be interesting. if yeah, that's gonna be a yeah, so good
0: game. So yeah, offense versus the game. defense. Oh, is gonna, gonna, gonna be see a very close SEC game this week. It's gonna be a very close game. It's just like my heart says Georgia. But like logically speaking, I'm gonna go with Bama.
1: No she- one ever says follow your brain; they say follow your heart. <laughs> but like,
0: true. but like, if I win, that means I'm the only one who picks Bama. So like, I get that over all of you guys. You're
1: yeah, already but then like you have to leading. Pick Bama.
0: No, I don't care. Yeah,
3: yeah. I win. <laughs> is it really a victory if you're picking Bama?
2: no right <laughs> dogs capacity, tra- travel it's like 30K. well
3: elephants do not i mean annabelle's logic is sound here <laughs> yeah going with that
0: all right so those were our picks for this week uh stay tuned for a lot of fun college football action it should be very exciting especially the georgia bama game um i'm sure we we're all excited about that but I think that pretty much wraps it up for, for episode two. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for all the support for episode one. We really appreciated it. Everyone who listened, where where can people find college band radio again?
3: You can find college band radio on Instagram at college band radio and on Twitter at college band RDO, because as I said, last time radio is one letter too long for requirements. So hit us up there. We have lots of fun clips and stuff throughout the week.
0: So, yeah, you can find us there, um, uh, all of our social media accounts, and and also on YouTube. Just look up College Band Radio. We'll be there as well. So, uh, from all of us, stay safe, stay healthy, please wear a mask, and we will talk to you guys again next week for Episode 3.